0: Perek Mishnah Gimel. The previous mission introduced us to the rabbinic penalty of chametz over olav haPesach, which is that if a Jew unlawfully kept possession of chametz over the chag of Pesach, then even after chag of Pesach is over, that chametz is deemed completely forbidden to any other Jew for any kind of benefit. This mission considers a scenario in which. Chametz was used as a mashkon, it's used to secure a loan between a Jew and a non Jew. And the question is if the lender ultimately takes possession of this Chametz collateral, do we deem that Chametz as Chametz over all of a Pesach that will become forbidden for benefit? And of course, to make that determination, what we're trying to ascertain is what was the Chametz status over Pesach? Was it considered Chametz in the possession of? The Jewish party to the arrangement or the non-Jewish party, if the latter, the chametz is fine. But if the former, if it was considered chametz that was in the possession of a Jew over Pesach, then that chametz will become forbidden. First case is we have Nachri Hilva Es Yisrael Al Chametzo. Non-Jew lent money to a Jew on the basis of some chametz collateral. The Jewish borrower left some chametz as a collateral to secure this loan with this non-Jewish lender, and meaning the non-Jewish lender put the chametz in his house. And they did this loan before Pesach. The loan was due sometime after Pesach, and the terms they set were that in the event that the Jewish borrower defaults, the non-Jew takes possession of the mashka and the security of chametz retroactive to the moment that it was physically put in his jurisdiction. The Mishnah rules that in such a case... If ultimately the Jewish borrower does default, after Pesach is over, the chametz will be permitted for benefit. Because being that the Jewish borrower defaulted, that triggered the stipulation of the loan, which put this chametz retroactively into the ownership of the non-Jew before Pesach started. So it was never chametz she'over all Pesach, which again is chametz that existed on Chagat Pesach and was illegally owned by a Jew. But the Mepharshim explained that we need both conditions to be present for this result. That number one, they added this stipulation to the loan, that it retroactively becomes the non-Jews before Pesach starts in the event of default. And number two, the chametz has to have been physically placed in the non-Jews jurisdiction before Pesach. And the Mishnah discusses the reverse scenario, which it says, V'Yisrael shehil v'sanachri al chametzo." If a Jew lent money to a non Jew, the basis of Chametz security that was placed in the Jew's house before Pesach, and with the same stipulation in the event of a default, the Jew was to uh, retroactively, from the moment the Chametz was given to him, that would become retroactively his. If indeed the non Jewish borrower defaulted, Akhra Pesach Aserbana. Even after Pesach, that Chametz. Will become prohibited for any benefit for any Jew, because this certainly is deemed chametz she'aver olav Because being that the Nadirsh borrower defaulted, that triggered this stipulation. So retroactively, the chametz belonged to the Jew the entire time. Hence, so this chametz existed on Pesach and was unlawfully in the possession, you know, the halachic ownership of a Jew, and therefore it's chametz she'aver So it will become forever, rabbinically forbidden for any benefit. But the B'farshim explained, if this uh, Khamet security was kept with the non-Jewish borrower, even if they had stipulated in the event of a default, it should become the Jews retroactive to before Pesach, it wouldn't be Khamet Shalva Pesach in that case. For in spite of their attempt to make it to belong to the Jew retroactively, it wouldn't actually work because the halachi is... A Jew cannot acquire something from a non-Jew through an exchange of just money. And so it's only, you know, here too, when we have both conditions that, number one, they made the stipulation that it goes to the lender retroactive if the borrower defaults, and number two, if it was physically in the Jew's jurisdiction before Pesach, if both of those conditions are present and the non-Jewish borrower does ultimately default, then this will become chametz <laughs> or of Pesach, will become permanently forbidden from any benefit. The rabbinic decree. The mission presents another teaching that is that if a building collapsed on top of Chametz before Pesach, say if Chametz under a bunch of rubble, that Chametz is deemed as destroyed. Halakhically speaking, it's considered gone, so it's not necessary to get a bulldozer and get to that Chametz to physically destroy it, to do bedikas Chametz on that. Rather, being that it has a bunch of rubble on it, it's considered destroyed, so you know, really the person doesn't have to worry about it at all, but the Rebunin said that he should still also be mevatel b'leib. He should, in his heart, say it's mevatel like the dust of the earth due to the possibility, however remote, that the chametz will it'll turn up on Pesach. So he should you know, do the mental nullification. A tanahir you know, further defines this halacha that you know, at what point is it considered buried in a way that it's considered halachically destroyed, Omer, he says, the definition is, if the chametz is buried to the point that a dog would not be able to retrieve it, which bar says is at least three tfachim deep, then the above rule applies, it's k'mevoar, it's as if it's destroyed, and there's no obligation to actually physically get that and destroy it. But if it's so close to the surface of the ground, well, then already that's considered accessible. And therefore, it's like any other chametz where the person does have an obligation to physically get rid of it.